And as the sun set on the horizon, they lived happily ever after. Ever heard of it? Welcome to Happily Ever Heard of It. I'm your host, Jesse Jollis, and I've got that wipe out in my head. <laughs> Remember that show on ABC? I will say people falling pretty much makes me laugh every time. If somebody wipes out, if somebody walks into a glass door, I can't help but laugh. I think it's the funniest thing that's ever happened in the entire universe. And that's just who I am. This week, I've been doing a lot of thinking. A dangerous habit, I know. That is from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> if anyone knows that reference, Gaston, I've been thinking. Any hoozle. I've been thinking because it's very funny to me how food and weight and money are connected. And let me explain. Because... I think that they're linked. This is just, remember, my theories. I don't, not a professional. I'm just trying to delve into my own brain. So when I was struggling a lot with self-love and I felt out of control or hopeless or I had stress and anxiety, I would fixate on food and weight and numbers in that area. So I would either fixate on like, the calorie intake I was going to do. We all know Hoyt Hotchers gives the point system, so you can fixate on points. And I also fixated on a scale, which my weight on a scale. I don't have a scale anymore in my life, which I love not having it because, I mean, there was a time I was weighing myself like four or five times a day just to get certain numbers or, or even to feel a certain way. So... Not good. Um, But I would fixate on certain numbers, calories, and I had like disordered eating where I would come up with like systems, games, ways of this equaling that. And it's funny because that part of me has semi-healed. And when I still get stressed, it can creep up. But I have just kind of manifested it over manifested the wrong word, but kind of transferred that over to money. And I've been realizing like, okay, wait, I have disordered money. You know, I have a disordered like relationship with money. Right before this, I was just thinking about like kind of my disordered relationship with food and calories and the scale. And I found my diet diary. (laughs) my diet diary. And I was looking at that. And that is a real, that's a blast from the past. Because when I was in, I think I started it when I was in yeah high school. I think I was a freshman in high school. And I guess that's when it had like built up inside of me that I was not attractive and the wrong weight and everything in my life would get better if I weighed a certain weight. And, you know, I would get all the things I want. Everything would come together. It would fix all of my problems. And I wanted to read some of that. First of all, 
what I absolutely love is that at the beginning of it, it says private, keep out, you read, I die. Which is funny to me because normally a diary threatens the reader and I have chosen to just threaten myself. (laughs) So that made me laugh. I mean, remember, I'm in high school. I'm very dramatic. Please remember that. Obviously, I've I've turned into this this corner of my life. This is now what I'm doing. And that little part of me was ready to sparkle even then. So I start with, today I leave my old skin behind. Ugh. I start my journey. I'm ready to change. No more me. I just want to be the real me. And then it says meals include. And this is interesting because it just says breakfast is grapes. Lunch is two yogurts or a salad. Snack is fruit or run. So I could either eat fruit or go for a run. And dinner is eat less salad. So you can tell my nutrition. I know what I'm doing. Okay. I know what I'm doing. This is absolutely healthy in every single way. But it's just funny to... (laughs) It's just funny to look back on this because the drama is real. Did anyone else have a diet? I mean, it's very problematic. I obviously don't recommend it. But when you're coming out of the other side of it, it is nice to look back and go, you know, me in high school was already funny. This is just, this is the bully inside of my brain actually writing a diary entry, which is cute. So this is the day I feel it, Jesse. Please do not forget this feeling. And this is when I write very mean things to myself. It just says like, you are fat, okay? So do not lose focus. Read this every night. So I was just supposed to say that to myself every night to just really inspire myself to do better. And then I would write down what I ate and what exercise I did. And then as a 15 or 14-year-old, I wrote, Feeling strong. Tomorrow I'm shoe shopping. I'm pumped. No clothes until I'm a size. I think it says three. Really like a guy in gym. Maybe if I lose weight, he'll notice me. Question mark. In parentheses, Jewish? Question mark. So we love that because at least I'm thinking of the future. But it's just so funny, right? Like this is the mentality which I grew up with, which was like, he'll notice me if I lose weight which is just me putting a barrier and something in the way for why things aren't happening in my life. And if I have control over this, then everything else will fall in line. And I know exactly who I'm talking about, by the way. And he was very cute. And I did have a crush on him all through high school. Full disclosure, I also then Facebook messaged him at one point, tried to start a conversation. And then he just like... I think was freaked out and wasn't interested, but he handled it poorly. And looking back, I'm like, who cares? What a loser. But I really loved him for a long time. He just was like the Adam Brody of my school, except for not even cool. I just thought he was adorable. He was very Gordo, if you know what I mean. And I was trying to be a Lizzie McGuire. So I'm reading through this. I'm laughing. I'm having fun. But I'm also like, I'm hearing things that... I remember feeling and I remember this mentality of like having a good day, a bad day, what I had to do to like repent the next day, whether it's like I skip meals and I binge, it like becomes this really disordered thing and this thing where I'm working towards numbers, which never did anything. 
because I mean, I was down and up like throughout high school and college and during all of that, none of the problems I had changed. One thing that I knew was like such a a moment for me as to why nothing that was working with that worked was because when I looked back at photos, I never looked back and was like, oh, I was happy that day or I felt good. Every single photo, I didn't feel good. Every single photo I remember seeing and thinking I was fat and needed to lose weight. There was never a moment I was happy. So it just becomes that rat race. And as soon as you get rid of the numbers which are informing you how you should feel or when you're worthy or when you're not worthy with like weight, food, dieting. And essentially for that, I was looking for love. Like that is was very linked to love for me. Even the fact of like, then I'll find a boyfriend. It's, it was so linked to love. Like I will be loved if I'm skinny because I didn't like myself. I didn't love myself. And then getting to a point where it's like, okay, I'm not letting anything inform the way I feel about myself. I love myself unconditionally all of the time. And I have infinite love to give to anybody and anyone who I want to. Like, that's my choice. That's my right. I have that power. And now thinking about that, which first of all, if you are, you know, struggling, I did go to like a behavioral therapist for my eating disorder. And I definitely recommend reaching out and getting help. And, you know, I know it can seem scary, especially like changing habits or lifestyles or kind of the way that you know, but I promise you it is, I've, I'm so happy to not have that be a part of it. And even now, sometimes when I get stressed or I know something's off, I'll hear my inner critic like talking a lot when I'm getting dressed and not feeling good. And instead of like fixating on the voice and what it's saying, it's more just like I fixate on like, okay, something's wrong. And I use it as like a red flag for myself as to like how to direct myself away from that because I I know that feeling. But now what's ironic and funny is I've taken that and I've just shifted it over to money. So now I'll say things to myself like, well, once I have this amount of money in my bank account, then I'm going to feel really secure. I'm going to feel, feel really safe, really secure. I'm going to be able to get those things that I want. And I do like disordered money spending because it's like, oh, I don't, I won't let myself get this and I won't let myself get that. But then I'll make a purchase that's like kind of irrational or really quick. It could be a feather boa. Those are things I'm like, of course, I'm going to spend money on a feather boa. That's insane that anyone even needs to think about that. But then when it's something that's like really good or important for me or it feels like self-worth, I'm like, let me think about it. So there's that. So I guess it's like now looking at at money and and seeing how that kind of translates. I know a lot of people have stress or issues with money, which is just interesting because I wonder what what it really comes from. Like I think about it and I think about the fact that I've never lost my home. I've never been, you know, with not able to buy food. It's like a fear and a fear I've had for a really long time. And this falsehood, I think, in my head of like having a certain amount or a certain amount of security, which was like getting to a weight to be lovable because then I'll have earned love. It's like feeling, I think, worthy is what I'm finding. Like if I have zero in my bank account or 
$50,000 in my bank account, I'm still worthy and I'm still able and capable of doing whatever I want, making money, creating success and opportunities for myself. And I've been noticing like the disordered spending and such. And I just find it fascinating because I think it's just a way for my brain to feel like it has some control over, I guess, a feeling or a thing that I don't feel like I have control over. And it's interesting that it is a a sense of security and safety. Like right now, I'm sitting in my beautiful apartment that I love so much and I feel very safe and secure. But then during the day, and maybe it's because like, you know, I chose a, a freelancer life and a life where sometimes, you know, I'm working and sometimes I'm I'm not or I'm taking certain jobs and not other ones. And I feel confident when I make that decision. And then afterwards, it's like, I'll second guess myself or... And it feels like when I used to be on a diet or whatever, and I'd have a piece of cake and I have all this guilt and shame about the cake. And sometimes it's like I have that same feeling with purchases or things I want to buy or things that I have bought where I'm like, this is the same feeling as when I had the cake. And like, even now it's, it's learning like what makes you feel safe and satisfied, like with food or, you know, when you have the cake to be like, yeah, I'm going to have cake. It's going to be fine. And uh, yeah, I'm going to buy the boa. It's going to be fine. It's just really fascinating. I think what would be cool, I'm actually writing this down. I'm like, I would love to have a money therapist on and to interview them. Wouldn't that be interesting? I even, I don't know if there is money therapy. I think there is. Wouldn't that be fascinating? Would you guys be interested? Regardless, actually, I'm going to do it. So, because <laughs> it'll be good for me. I think it would be fascinating to learn like the therapy behind money and the behavior patterns or cognitive thinking or just any of that that a professional will know. And I wonder, I'm also about to go back into doing um, the pathway, which I've talked about, I think, before, but essentially it's um, a meditation kind of program. And I want to focus on money because they say love and money are connected, which is also really interesting. Like I think when you're in an abundant kind of mindset, it's also like you're really open to love and opportunities that way. And I just think that's fascinating. Like that that's that's true and that's there. And I think it's fascinating that like self-love but worth is... It's like self-love and self-worth are connected, but they're also different. There can be these kind of underlying thoughts that you don't even realize or notice for a while. And I don't know about you, but it's getting towards the end of the year. Like it's November already, which is absolutely cuckoo banana pants. I like don't even know what's happening. But November, it's like we're getting near the holidays. We're getting near the end of the year. And I always find it's a really nice time to think about like what I want to try to accomplish or do next year, what I want to like spend time focusing on, what parts of my life do I think need like improvement or I'd like to improve on and what parts I want to like commend myself on. 
I just bought, has anyone heard of the human design store? I just bought my blueprint, my code for that. I'll let you know how it is and maybe even read it next time. Who knows? But that was something I decided to buy myself because it's a lot about how you recharge and stuff. And I really do recharge on my own. And I think that being in a partnership, I've kind of neglected that part of me of needing to be alone because recently I think I've been not treating my body as well as I should. And I've been noticing I've been a little off kilter, which makes me a little more anxious and insecure, which makes me a little more attached and anxious romantically, which makes me not take the time to give myself what it needs to be my best self. And what a beautiful lesson to learn time and time again, you know? that we need that time by ourselves. I'm about to go home, actually, and see my parents. There's something really nice about going home. First of all, I mean, I don't care how old I am, and I am 34. When I go home, it's like I get to feel like a kid again, like cocooned up, and I, you know, see my parents, and it's like I just kind of, I guess, turn off my... It's like I'm away from all of my life. And I go back into this kind of cocoon and mindset of like, I'm a kid. (laughs) I'm a kid and I just want to have fun. I'm a girl and I just want to have fun. I'm a kid and I just want to have fun. But it's like a nice break away from just everything and everyone and to recenter myself and go to bed early and see some family members while I'm in town and I think that's a really nice thing. I do want to continue to do a trip by myself every year. It's such a a beautiful and random thing to do, but it's so powerful and important. And I know that's not what this is, but it is making me remember my trip to London last year that I went on by myself and how it's such a like celebration and kind of just gift and and moment that you get to just be with yourself and celebrate yourself. And that did take a long time for me to even want to be with myself and not find that absolutely haunting. And now I think it's like one of the most beautiful things you can do. Whether if you're nervous and you want to go on like a yoga retreat or something that's with other people or like in my head, I was like, maybe I go to Hawaii and just spend time like outside and, you know, do some meditation, stuff like that. Like really recenter and find myself, take tons of baths. Oh, I love a bath. I got to take a bath soon. I think knowing all of that is coming up to recenter is going to be really good. I think that I've been noting, I guess, my thought patterns and my habits, and I'm trying to rework them. I wonder if they resonate for anyone. Let me know. And I think what's good for me, and honestly hopefully this podcast when I continue to like wonder and want to make changes and better myself and see what's going on, that hopefully I can make little breakthroughs or have little moments that feel really good. And I'll never forget like when I figured out self-love, it was like a light switch. It was such instant healing and understanding of something I never knew my entire life. When I described it to someone, I was like, I feel like I was in a room with the lights off trying to find the light switch for so long. 
So it feels like you're doing the same thing just over and over, like lining the walls and just moving your hand up and down, trying to find the slight switch. And in the middle or even three quarters of the way, you're like, is there even a light switch in this room? Like, what am I doing? Am I just going to be in the dark forever? And then I found the light switch and it was like, everything made sense. And it was just instant that I could see everything. And like now that light is on and it feels like I'm in a new room with the lights off and I'm trying to figure out self-worth and my relationship with money and my relationship with like my own worth as a human moving around through life and when that goes into question in my life. And I'm at the place where I'm in that room and I'm in the dark and I'm going is there even a light switch in this room? I feel like I've been in here for a really long time. But I know I just have to be patient and just make sure I get every corner and keep looking because like once the light is on, I think it all makes sense. And I think it's hard and it's very frustrating when you're looking for the light, whatever that could be in your life, whether it's, you know, your relationship to food to with dating with whatever where you just feel like I'm trying and I'm working and nothing is happening but something is happening you're making progress in this room so that when you find it you'll be like look look how far I went in the dark and now look how easy it is to get around and now I can see thank goodness I didn't give up so that's where I am and I'm excited for where I'm going and I'm grateful to have this podcast because sometimes it keeps me in check and it keeps me feeling honest and really grateful. And I think that, again, I've got some really big things coming for this podcast, which I'm really excited about. And it's going to be exciting to get that going. If you're absolutely obsessed with me and want to hear more, you can go to Middle Children, where I record with my good friend Chris Burns, and we have a new episode every Monday, or listen to the Taylor Strecker show, or you can go to my private Patreon talking to me. And remember, if you're the villain in your own story, you also get to be the hero. So put on your cape, bitch, and fly. Fly.